Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice. To come back to the topic, how important or not is it to see a GP face to face? Fewer GP appointments are happening face to face. 58% of patients were seen face to face in August. That compares with 54% in January and more than 80% before the pandemic. And now. Some money is being thrown at the issue. GP practices in England are being offered an extra £250 million this winter to help them see more patients face-to-face. This is from an existing pot of money to help the NHS recover from COVID. The money's been given to GPs so they can recruit extra locum staff, provide more same-day appointments. And league tables will be published showing whether surgeries are doing enough to increase the number of patients they see on their premises. Is this money well spent? Of all the things that could be spent on the NHS, £250 million, should this be a priority, do you think? Dr Richard Vautry is from the union, the BMA. Whilst additional funding has been promised, the package as a whole offers very little and shows the government to be completely out of touch with the scale of the crisis affecting general practice. Uh, We've long called for a reduction in the burden of bureaucracy, uh, and yet these proposals will add uh, bureaucratic burdens to practices uh, and make it more difficult, potentially, uh, to deliver what we need to do, uh, which is respond to the needs of our patients. What do you think needs to happen, though? And how do you feel about seeing your GP or just accessing GP services right now? 08000 A few weeks ago, I spoke to Dr Gareth Bryant, a Wiltshire-based GP, acting chief exec of Wessex Local Medical Committees. They represent GPs across our area. Um, at the time, he said you felt demands for more face-to-face appointments weren't the right thing. Um, Dr Gareth Bryant is back with me. Um, so... More money. Is that is that what you want, Dr. Bryant? Good morning, Marie, and thank you for asking me back uh, today. It's a busy, busy, busy day for us today because the government have released um, the, their uh, proposals for what they uh, expect for general practice to do, um, which we're all absorbing. And also there's a very important uh, other piece of work which has been released by Dr. Jenny Harries, who some of your listeners may remember from the uh, government briefings over the pandemic, um, who's released, released an independent review into infection control measures, which we have to have in place. Because all of these things are all linked, of course, and um, uh, we need to uh, we need to digest the guidance. There are a couple of things which are hitting the headlines now, which aren't actually correct. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what some of the things you've already said around um, you, just face to face. This money is not targeted just face to face. No. Um, so that's the first thing, and, it's, and the guidance is the guidance is clear that it's it can be spent on things other than clinicians, including non-clinicians. Um, the money isn't going direct to GP practices; it's going to the local commissioning groups, the CCGs, and then it's for the CCGs to work on a plan and, and to have a plan in place by the end of October with general practices. Um, about how this money can be utilised to improve improve access for patients, but also you know we have to do this as I've mentioned before when we've spoken in a safe way um, that we don't turn general practices into places where you go to get infections rather than be treated. Yeah, and actually we, we we've mentioned this before that you can see the figures of there are fewer appointments happening within GP surgeries, but there are reasons for that. It's not that GPs are just refusing to do it. There are there is there are safety issues, aren't there? And do you think that still yeah. is being taken into account by surgeries, even as we, um, you know, technically there aren't any restrictions. But how important do you think those safety concerns are? 
as significant. I mean, we were we were discussing very briefly this morning in our, in one of my meetings and on the guidance, and you know the 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 issue of the cinema came up. Um, I went to see the new James Bond film on Monday. Um, but, you know, I'm in a cinema where I assume that most people in the cinema are well, whereas you go to a general practice, you you can assume that most people in that general practice are ill. So clearly at different implications about visiting different sites. And, you know, patients really need to understand that the guidance that's come out today um, recognises the fact we are in a different place now with a vaccinated population, and that's great. But it does say that patients will continue to be required to wear a face covering if attending face-to-face consultations unless exempt. Um, and, they, and they're saying that the decision about when to see patients face-to-face or through video consultation is for local clinical leaders based on a number of factors, including patient needs and preferences, the configuration of the premises, local capacity and the ability to ventilate spaces. So it really isn't as simple as just saying we need to go back to -to face-to-face. It's far more complicated than that. And also, you know, ironically, prior to the pandemic, there was a drive to increase non-face-to-face consultations with video and telephone um, and resources were being invested in developing these systems and now and they've been a great asset to us over the pandemic to continue to be able to provide safe care um, and yet we the certain elements of the media and, uh, and driving politicians to set absolute targets which is just completely unhelpful and we need a much more intelligent discussion and understanding of 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 the appropriate use of both ways of communicating with with GPs. Mm. And meanwhile, what do you imagine your your patients are, are saying? In fact, I'll say that introducing Liz from Malmesbury, she got in touch with us a few weeks ago. Have a listen to her thoughts on this. By a GP looking at you face to face, they can see what what you're going through. It's not just necessarily the injury, the illness, or whatever they can see in your face. And you know, most people haven't got Zoom or phones to do that, and and they just need to. They need to see them. Well, I, I had I needed an appointment earlier this week. I was in minor injuries at the weekend, um, and they said you need to see a GP. And all I got was a telephone appointment and a DIY blood pressure scan on the machine and put my arm through a machine and, and give the blood pressure. Um, and I really <laughs> lots of things I needed to talk to them about, but um, I talked on the phone rather than face to face. And uh, a relative of mine had a problem, and um, it was diagnosed over the telephone or discussed over the telephone. Well. It wasn't until they got in and had some a mammogram they found they got breast cancer. Well, they should have been in and been checked by the doctor. And that was a few months down the line. Okay, things will be all right. But, um, you know, there's things like that being missed. And that's inexcusable. I mean, Dr. Gareth Bryan, I completely understand all of your points about some of the challenges and the concerns that you have. And also just that, that actually for some people phone appointments might be might be easier and more convenient but you must have so many people like Liz that tell you that they just want that more traditional way of seeing and talking to their GP. Yeah and I, I, I completely accept that and uh, I, you know the GPs that I speak to and certainly myself you know I would much prefer to see people face to face. There is no doubt that you know that's why that's why most of us went into medicine. We didn't go into medicine to work in a call centre and do endless phone calls. Of course, we didn't. And it, and but but you know we still have to come back to the to that fact that we we do have to keep people safe. And also, a lot of patients actually prefer having that mixed economy of of face to face versus remote consultations. 
Um, what we need to do now is work on finding the balance. And in fact, in that in the paper that's been published today, mm-hmm. the Royal College of General Practitioners have been charged to do that piece of work about understanding the optimum mix for it. Um, so, you know, we, we the, the, you know, the clip you've just played, I completely understand. And I'm, you know, obviously very sorry if people have have struggled to get appointments and and they've and they've suffered as a consequence. Of course, nobody wants that. But the reality is, uh, I've, I've equally, I could I could give you many examples of patients who who said to me that they've received a fantastic service remotely and actually access to things like referrals has been has been if anything quicker as a consequence of working remotely. So there are always there's always the other side to it. Absolutely. The other bit I would just like to to, to bring to the t- to the table in the document. And again, we are we've only just received this, so we're all working to try to understand the detail of it is that they've set an arbitrary target of investigating the lowest 20% um, of face-to-face versus remote, which sounds fine. But if you actually think about that logically, no matter, unless everybody is seeing 100% face-to-face, there will always be a lower 20%. Mm, Of course. How does that make any sense? And uh, there are a number of things in the document where where it feels to us in the profession, and as Richard Vautry, you played the clip from Richard Vautry earlier from the BMA, is saying this, this, there, there, are, there, there are things in this document which do not make sense. Um, they're also in, um, breaking their own contract that they have with GPs in the way that the contract is worded. And I don't, you know, and this isn't the appropriate place to go into massive detail about that, but, but their, their, their own guidance is conflicting with their own contract that they hold with GPs. And so it, 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 there's a lot of work to be done. From our perspective at our, our LMC, we will be working with the local systems about making sure that we we implement this and we use this money to the best mm. uh, that we can to deliver the best services for our patients. And, um, we, and will, it, it, we will come back to the detail of all of that. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today. Much appreciated.